So I just came from the washroom downstairs. Okay. Yeah. So uh, tell me this: the men's washroom has got a lot of nice women on the walls. I haven't been to the women's restroom. Does it have a lot of men? Has more lovely women on the walls. Mm. And why is that? Why is that? Is that by design or? I think that's by design. I I don't know. If I walked in. You expect I, to see men? I don't know. I mean, just you know, women's lib and everything. Maybe they just want to see more women bikers. Maybe that makes them feel good. Oh, that. But I think the intent is right it's there. That explains it. Yeah. <laughs> Biker Radio Broadcast advises safety at all times. Discusses underage riding, which celebrates the spirit of motorcycling. And how? This is episode number 19 and it's so good to have you back with us. And we hope that you feel the same. I'm Shandy. And I'm Sunny. You might be asking why on earth this is episode number 19 when we haven't released episode number 18 yet. And we hope that you've been noticing all these numbers, alright? So well, the honest truth is that you need to understand these are our troubled teens. Not everything is graceful and timely. We just felt flat on our face and couldn't stick to the September 14th deadline. But it's not like we were bird watching or something. We were traveling to the UK where Biker Radio Broadcast picked up India's first Weekers Award at the Open City Documentary Festival in London. And we've got lots and tons to share on our trip. But that's for episode number 18, which we shall go magically back in time and recreate. So you'll hear it shortly. But before leaving for the UK, we got warmed up in sunny Goa to chat up with a man who's been a sailor, a national champion, an entrepreneur, a very successful restauranteur, a hardcore biker, a customizer, a trekker, and a die-hard Royal Enfield motorhead. Please welcome on the show Jamshed Madan from the Royal Enfield Garage Cafe in Baga, Goa. Jamshed Madan Is that how I Jamshed? Yeah. Jamshed. Welcome to the long way home. Welcome to the Biker Radio broadcast. We're delighted to be here in Goa and thank you for having us over. Happy to be here with you guys. Seriously. Yeah. You're from Bombay. Yeah. Good old Bombay boy. You're a complete out and out Bombay boy. Out and out Bombay boy. Really I'm a goan. Because the first time I came to Goa was when I was about 7 or 8 years old and I remember uh-huh. weeping. I just didn't want to leave then. Oh. It was as a child and you know, I just loved Goa and I've always been Mom and Dad got you here? Yeah, we came on a family holiday, yeah. and yeah, yeah. we knew people here. Sarish Tadiwala. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you heard of Chef Sarish Tadiwala? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
was a couple of restaurants in yeah. England, yeah. big consultant. Yeah, he yeah, used yeah. to be at the Taj here in yeah. those days, running okay. the kitchens here. Very good family friends. Mm-hmm. So that was the first trip here. Yeah. It was a very small, sleepy village with probably two shacks on the whole beach. Which year was this? Gosh. Exactly, exactly 40 years ago now. 40 years ago? Do the math. <laughs> oh. How old were you then? Eight. Eight. How good is your mathematics this morning, Mr. Singh? Not carrying my calculator. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do math like this, man. I think... For tack. 88, 88, no. 78. 78. 79, possibly. Oh, my. I got here in 81. First time again with family, 81. How old were you, Shandy? Ah, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, was se- I was in the 7th standard. Which makes you what? 17 years old? Well, hang on, hang on. My daughter is in the 7th standard. I can do this. 12? Okay. Yeah. Around the same time. Yeah. So. I, I still remember uh, guys walking around in long hair, uh, motorcycles, some of them without a sh- shirt, uh, body uh, kurtas yeah. and... What was it like when you got here? When I finally moved here, mm. when I decided to do everything that I did, I went out to sea for four years, got my second mate's ticket. Oh. Yeah. So, oh. riding was always in my blood. My first bike was an RD 350 anyway. So. And, uh, but the Goa bug was always there. Mm. Got great jobs, chucked them up because mm. I just wanted to come to Goa. But what the hell would I do in Goa? Mm. So you I, saved a lot of dosh to yeah, do what you I did? Yeah, I was earning all, and a lot of money. I was earning all of $50 a month. Mm. Before I could have earned 50,000 pounds a month, I was earning $50 a month. So mm. that's all the money I saved. Mm. The, no money. And that got you a shack? No money. Yeah. <laughs> what did it get you? <laughs> Nothing. So I said, shit, so let's start off. Mm. Let's go to Goa and start off. What do I do in Goa? I'm going to sell pizzas on the beach. Mm. Who comes to Goa? Not so many people in those days. Mm. Goa is all of three month season. The rest mm. of the year was beautiful. You wouldn't find the locals around. You would find a car or scooter, nothing on the road. Mm. It was gorgeous. But it was, a li- it was a lifestyle choice. Not quite the hippie. There right. was a hippie in me somewhere. Right. But not quite that hippie. Okay. You know? But just the peace, the beauty, the green. And Goa, I had friends in Goa. Because I used to sail. I used to sail boats as well since I was a kid. Okay. On the national level. Right. So oh. I knew Bones here as well. Okay. Bones wow. are born sailors, been surfers. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So I've competed. I won a nationals here in '93. Mm. Sailing, And uh, a year and a half later, I just moved. I said, "I'm just going to go." Of course, my dad, double flips. I still remember that double flip, double flip. Could have been a gymnast. <laughs> oh, really? He could have been go to Goa. Mm. He's a druggy, hippie, junkie. Mm. What's my son going to be? Yeah, go back to your job. I said, "Yeah, I'm going to get a life now. Mm-hmm. I've done the job." Mm. Here I am, almost 30 years later. Very yeah. happy. How did you build it up and go? Love. A lot of passion for what... Because I love the place. Yeah. Had to make it work. Yeah. We started a restaurant. So we started a restaurant with a five-item menu in a beautiful old house that doesn't exist today. Yeah. <clears throat> and shifted three or four locations in four years. Where was that? In Kandalim. Okay. In Kandalim. Yeah. And you were not a chef either? Not a chef either. Shucks, how do you do this? Yeah. So we were just creative with the food. We had a 10-item menu. It worked really well. Mm. We took it from there. Mm. We were winners of Times Food Awards, seven years running. Mm. Oh. Before I had to shut it down to do Royal Enfield Garage Cafe. So yeah. we would have probably picked up a few more. But the nice thing was the appreciation. 
people who came back year after year. Mm-hmm. Not just for the food, <laughs> but for the ethos of what we ran. Right. For the fact that a server would... I use the word server, I don't like the word waiter. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so, where a server would recognize you as you walked in through those gates. Yeah. That just made you feel like you belong, right? right? You walk into the place and you're welcome saying, how are you? Yeah. How long are you here for? Welcome back. That's how the business grew. Word of mouth. Yeah. A lot of passion for what we did. It was a friendly place where everybody did everything. If a server had to pitch in the kitchen, he'd do that. I washed dishes myself right. mm-hmm. at a crunch. So, passion driven with everybody. And it kind of follows through today because the staff have been with me for 20 years, 15 years. <laughs> I mean, they're growing old with me. Sometimes I say, go, what? There's a whole world out there. Yeah. No, we don't want to go. So, <laughs> so, no, but it's been fun. It's been a really fun ride. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. This dog hasn't moved in two hours. It's a cigar. Once you're done with the Baga Beach and had enough of the chaos and the madness that it has to offer, get back to the bridge on the creek. At the tea point, make a right. Ride on for about 100 meters or less, and there it is. Nestled in the green, quiet expanse, shielded by coconut palms, is the exquisite Royal Enfield Garage Cafe. It's a two story glass and steel and laterite walled structure that has been tastefully put together with a lot of care. And we haven't spotted anything like this in recent times. The glass allows the greenery to creep in, making the place feel almost open to air. The minute Sunny and I showed up outside the garage cafe, we were met outside by this stocky, dark brown, gorgeous dog. And he had such a warm gaze. Trooper might have three legs, but the gaze is so warm, so comforting. In our minds, it pretty much set up the experience from there on of the Royal Enfield Garage Cafe. It is warm, genuine and has so much more to offer. It's always got something delightful to surprise you with. So there we were to meet Jamshed Madan and we got chatty with him. Hi, this is Jamshed Madan and you're on the long way home. The Garage Cafe... How did it come by? Concept of everything Royal Enfield, basically. This is the Royal Enfield universe. Yeah. It's a showcase for what Royal Enfield stands for today. Yeah. What it means to people today as a motorcycle, as a brand. Everything here, the store, the workshop, the sales, the rentals. And additionally now, the cafe. When at the time, the person who was working on Garage Cafe approached me and says, you know, I'm looking for a place in Goa. Hmm. To start something like a garage cafe. 
So ready? What about JNS? So he looked at me and said, Really? Because I was also looking for something new to do. Yeah. When you run the same business for 20 years, yeah. and you're looking to grow. You're the constant customizer. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, really, really. And when you're looking to grow, it came at such a right time. Wow. It brought both my passions for motorcycles, food, people. They are my passion. I want to see happy people leaving those gates, you know, because that brings them back again. Mm. And motorcycles. So when this offer came up, I grabbed it with both hands. Right. And today, there it is. Yeah. Royal Enfield Garage wow. Cafe. So this thing about people, uh, where do you get it from? Have you thought about that? No, I just like people. You just like Luckily. <laughs> Never be a restaurant if you don't like people. Yeah, <laughs> You'll be throwing people out. Hospitality, right? I mean, but this place is fantastic. You've got F and B, you've got chill, you've got yeah. motorcycle rentals. As well. You got a workshop. Fantastic workshop. And that you've got workshop. retail. Yep. All of that in one place. All of that in one place. I think this is the most unique flagship store for Royal Enfield. Mm-hmm. The garage cafe is a very laid back destination Absolutely. that can be heard, seen, touched, smelt. And savored all day long. Basically, it is a celebration of everything that is motorcycling. Yeah. From from every aspect of this entire store, whether you're in the retail, take a look at the workshops at the back and what's happening in there, the new motorcycles on display in the store, mm-hmm. the museum that's right below us right now, yeah. with some real heritage and vintage motorcycles mm-hmm. down there. And of course, a very laid-back cafe you can spend all day here. Yeah. So would you call this Royal Susegad? Absolutely. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. This is an awesome place. It is. Are you happy? Extremely happy because it brings both my passions. Food. I love food. I love experimenting with food. I love happy people. It must be the Parsi in me, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So Parsi, foodie, motorcycle. That seems to be the same thing. It's very Parsi, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a Bawa thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm most unbawa and it keeps coming to do that spit and shine thing on my bike. See my bikes, that's most unbawa like bikes. Have, have they thrown you out of the community by now? <laughs> <laughs> my dad still rides a bike. Yeah. He does? spit and polish every he? Sunday. How old is he? He's 73. Oh, brilliant. So he's pretty young. He's, he's on his bike. He's been he's been a bike all his life himself. Yeah. I so, think you got the biking work from there? Or? I think it's a Parsi gene. There's that one motorcycle gene that just follows through. So yeah. <laughs> True. Anyway, biking is a passion. Adventure motorcycling is... Adventure roaming. I don't, what's the right word? I don't roaming. Know. Yeah. And nothing that nothing that's more tactile, that's more in your face. You feel your environment on a bike, right? Yeah. When a motorcycle, you just feel it. It's there for you. You're stealing your dad's bike and riding around? He doesn't let me ride it even today. No. He does? So he he doesn't, doesn't let me ride it. Let me ride his motorcycles even today. He's had a few very lovely motorcycles in the past. So which was your first? How, how did he keep you away from them? I had to go and get my own bike. Okay, so he got you? Oh, so you had to get <laughs> no, 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 I had to get my own bike. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, my first bike was an RD350, it's a Yamaha. I uh-huh. still have it. Still going beautifully strong. See, that's the Bawani. Yeah. But that's a lovely bike. Absolutely. And, Still in mint condition. Part, At home, undercover. Since it's a monsoon, I will start using it now again. Okay? <laughs> you still ride it out? Oh, yeah. yeah. All the bikes. All my bikes. Yeah. Of course, the rest of them are all Enfields. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, just talking about touring on a bike, 
there's nothing, nothing that can beat the feeling of riding a Royal Enfield well, on an open road. Yeah. The expectancy, I'm talking about 15 years ago, right? You yeah. knew that bike was going to break down somewhere. Yeah. If we couldn't fix it, yeah. don't take it out. Yeah. Of course, today the bikes are fantastic. They're yeah. hundreds and hundreds of times more reliable today to ride with. Yeah. In those days, the fun was when you had to, were going up in the mountains, you had to carry smaller jets yeah. you know, for jetting. Otherwise, you were running with too rich a mixture, whatever. And right. That's the fun part of motorcycling. That's yeah. it's really the journey. Yeah. It's not really from getting from point A to point B. Which everybody's doing today. The yeah. tunnels all over the place. <laughs> the army needs them and tourists are very happy to have them. Yeah. And you can drive up in a, I don't know, Porsche Cayenne today. Uh-huh. In those days, you'd leave the bottom of the car behind. So, yeah. <laughs> It was actually the fact that nothing was available in our country that really made people do things with their Royal Enfield. That's right. You know, customization, this, that, whatever. And you really, had to customize them. And second. you had to. If you didn't want to swamp a suspension, yeah. change it. Right? Yeah. So essentially, when, when the company wasn't providing any support or wasn't doing anything with it, it was the people who owned the Actually, Enfield. the companies are giving you a motorcycle, the most versatile motorcycle mm. that you can buy out there is the Royal Enfield even today. Yeah. You can strip it down to the frame, True. do whatever you want to do with it. Street legal or not, that's a different question. But yeah. Yeah. you yeah. can do whatever you want with the bike. You can customize it to whatever without breaking the bank. Yes. That is the main right. thing. Yes. Right, right. A mechanic on the roadside can still open it up and fix it up for you if something True. goes wrong. True. You don't need special tooling to open up tires True. and wheels and change your own flats. Yeah. From that point of view, the, it's an incredible motorcycle because it's true to its form and to its roots. Mm-hmm. Pure motorcycling. Yeah. Ground not up. getting fancy with it. And you know, I mean, there are guys. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. What just want to turn that key, push that button, go down the road 500 kilometers, get off the bike, park it, and say, Ah, I did the ride. Yeah. And there are guys who want to be on that road and do everything else with the bikes because they want to make it go a little faster yeah. or want it to run, checking the mixtures, whether how's your plug running, you know, keep pulling out your plug and saying, What's the color of the plug now? Oh, okay, <laughs> tweak the air screw a bit. So there's that motorcyclist as well. Yeah. That's my breed. Hi, this is Jamshed Madan, and you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast. Orange, please. Maya Mori. Hey, my friend, don't do it. I've seen you before. I've been singing for you. अबे इसमें तो रोड सेफ्टी का कुछ है ही नहीं तो क्या हुआ मैं कह देता हूं यार डोंट बी इन अ हरी हैं डोंट बी इन अ हरी हरी नाम का प्याला हैं और हरे कृष्ण की हाला ओ अब बात आई समझ में हॉर्न प्लीज ओके टाटा Hi, this is Jamshed Madan, and you're on the long way home. So sailing, that's amazing. Very few people. I just know a couple of people. You're one of the few people I know. My dad's been sailing all his life. Okay. So I started sailing really young. Mm-hmm. I used to sail lasers. I've sailed down the coast in a little one-man dinghy. So. <laughs> <laughs> from? From Bombay, from Bombay down to Ratnagiri somewhere. Okay. okay. Again, 30 years more, 30, 40 years ago. Uh. One-man dinghy, just on your own. 
me and the yacht club in those days used to have sailboats, yeah. right? Right, right. <clears throat> and okay. we still have sailboats, the seabird right. class. Right, so you right. get three or four. So right. there's yeah. a fleet of boats. Yeah. And a couple of years we had taken a single and a dinghy riding yeah. around laser class. Okay. Which I used to sail on the national level. Okay. So it was really and Bombay great. has a culture of sailing. Yeah. Huge so, culture. Yeah. So sailing was, again, like the Royal Enfield, those boats were like basic. Yeah. Today, people have these J-class boats and they're really fancy, you know, okay. automatic uh, furling your sails and unfurling your sails and all that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Push a button, <laughs> things work. Yeah. Okay. And the raw form of sailing still exists, yeah. but not so much anymore. Right. So... Is there any sailing around here in Goa? There is a... Uh, there's a sailing club here. There is. GSA, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, my old boat, believe it or not, is still here. Really? And just like my RD, actually, 20 wow. years later. But that's not saying much for boats because final class doesn't last that long, but it's still <laughs> sitting there. Uh-huh. That's amazing. And that's the same boat I won the nationals in here. Shucks. Come wow. Think of it. Wow. I haven't thought of that in a long time. Yeah. Thanks for this interview. Talking about it. I'm telling you, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So... So it started with the Lambretta. Yep. Mm. Then a friend of mine got the RX 100. Mm. Mm-hmm. At the which time I wanted the KB 100. Mm. Yeah, the Kawasaki Bajaj. Mm. I thought that was a cat's whiskers. Yeah, I thought it looked better. <laughs> you owned Yeah. A KB? Yeah. But then, uh, so I was always mixed with the KB and the RX. And I had a skateboard. Mm. One, possibly the only skateboard in Bombay at the time. Wow. This friend of mine. On a rope, mm. on his RX side, <laughs> on the skateboard. Marine drive, the flyovers, can you believe it? Uh-huh. And I'm assuming and can you, you there's no traffic in those days in Bombay. <laughs> yeah. We could do that. We could do that. And you didn't have any elbow guards, shin guards, nothing, of right? <laughs> of course we didn't. <laughs> Helmet? Forget it. What's that? Did we get scraped? Yeah, all the time. Of course. Yeah. Did our parents know? Never. Yeah. So motorcycling has. Any scars from there? Actually, the scars about healed. It's been 40 years. <laughs> 30 years. Or <laughs> whatever it is. Biker Radio Broadcast advises safety at all times. Discusses underage riding, but celebrates the spirit of motorcycling. And how? Where did it start? Very young. How young? So I was stealing my dad's bikes. So I, <laughs> so I grew up in Bombay, right in the middle of uh, the heart of South Bombay. On the Oval Maidan. Okay. okay. Church Gate. And we had this fantastic oval ground there <laughs> at the time it was an open ground yeah. I remember the uh, first two wheels that I want to experiment with the first bike scooter uh, my dad my parents were out for the weekend uh, of course the keys were there uh, of course I knew how to kick it uh, of course I knew what to do with it so uh, I never went to driving school or riding school ever yeah. uh, the maidan was right across the road yeah. there was no divider at the time so it would just go straight from the compound right across into the maidan yeah. and there you go so yeah. there's a Lambretta doing Donuts. Yeah. Uh-huh. On the oval. Oh my God. <laughs> Actually. And uh, gosh. So that's where it started. I think maybe 13 or 14 years of age. Yeah. That puts me into prison. I'll sue you guys. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. We got some great lawyers now. Yeah, we have great lawyers. <laughs> now. Yeah, we do. You don't want to mess with us. <laughs> no way. No way. No, but like I said, it's been such a fun ride. Uh-huh. It's been great. It's been great. <laughs> But nobody listens to our show anyway. Ah, right? anyway. People listen and come here and sue Jamshed. For something that he did 30 years ago. I'm just kidding. Jamshed, sue Karachi. Sue Karachi. So the Lambie, you know, that. Yeah, I do. Sharks, you have a Lambretta. I mean, Lambie, though, bad. It was a Lambretta first. Yeah, and then today, 
as with everything else people are collecting lambrettas as a series a couple yeah. of years ago they got mint lambrettas oh my oh, god yeah, right? okay. <laughs> and the rx100 that was oh, yeah. to the lambrettas uh, is it around no Dad, because your dad no, no, he went through a few bikes. He went for a matchless, okay. rigid frame. Oh, rigid, yeah, oh. so no suspension. Wow. wow, where did he get the matchless from? My mom's still married to him. He's a lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, state his name. Bajan, Bajan Martin. Yeah, he's been a bike all his life. Yeah, <clears throat> he will. Try. People still, st- he still calls me up. People, kids on the roads. Yeah. Uncle, uncle, do you want to sell this bike? Wow, wow, wow! Like this, man, he gets really chuffed. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. like wow. people are still looking at my motorcycle. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Get a Triumph Tiger now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, who wants those bikes? <laughs> he's one of those easy twist on the throttle. Oh. Do not accelerate. Oh. He thinks I'm too rough with my bikes. He's right, so he won't let me touch it. Yeah, he's probably right. He's right. Right. They're father's always right. Father's always right. Yeah. Sons will always <laughs> argue. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Again, it takes me back to that song, Cats in the Cradle. In the Silver Spoon. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is Jamshed Madan. And you're on the long way home. Bajan Madan, pushing 70, still riding and like a gentleman. Talking of gentlemen... It's that time of the year when the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride is organized in almost 500 cities across 95 countries, give or take a few. So the Biker Radio Broadcast has been working with motorcycle groups across the country to promote the ride. And uh, it's a ride... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Why not have it straight from the horse's mouth? So here's what we pulled off. Biker Radio Broadcast reached out to the man himself, Mark Hauer the founder of the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride from Australia, and asked him to talk to us about the ride. The Distinguished Gentleman's Ride was founded in 2012. Basically, it was an awesome way to break the stereotype commonly associated with, uh, I guess, negativity and motorcyclists um, being associated in, obviously, um, motorcycle gangs and all that sort of stuff. So for me, it was about bringing everyone together, having a lot of fun, connecting the classic motorcycle riding community, but also sitting there and showing the world that, hey, we're actually people, we're your sister, we're your brother, we're your uncle, we're your mother. Um, So it was really about breaking that stereotype and getting everyone riding. It was 2013 where I associated it with prostate cancer. And the whole idea about that was breaking down that stereotype while also breaking down that macho sort of mentality that we have as men where we don't talk about certain things and we sort of tend to push our health aside. So by focusing on prostate cancer, it really made people sort of sit there and think a little bit more about their health and get these men talking to other men about their health. From there, the ride continued to grow. It started in 64 cities across 15 countries back in 2012 and fast forward to this year, 2018, and we currently have 640 cities, 102 countries, and we will have about 100 to 120,000 motorcycle riders taking part with a collective goal of raising $6 million US. And we, we're, we're tracking pretty close to getting on uh, to that point, and, and we're super excited. The Movember Foundation is super excited, and we've been working super close with, with our friends at Triumph Motorcycles and Seventh Watches to, to hit those goals, um, but to also make sure that these men are learning something about their health. I think for me personally, the best part about the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride is the fact that we've been able to pull all these communities together. There are literally hundreds of groups globally 
that have been formed as a result of the Distinguished Gentlemen's Ride and these men and ladies coming together on the day thinking, this is cool, let's hang out a little bit more often. And, and in turn, those sort of groups turn into more like support groups than they do just typical motorcycling groups where, you know, they've come together because of health reasons. They've come together because we've sort of facilitated a relationship where they can have an open conversation with each other. And I think as a result of that, these guys have, you know, obviously become really good friends and continue to ride all year round. And for a lot of us as, as bike sort of riders, um, they're sort of the relationships that we enjoy because we, you know, as much as we love riding by ourselves now and then, a lot of us still uh, really enjoy the company of other riders and really going out and, and hitting the open road with, with a group of friends. The funds collected, 60% goes towards prostate cancer research and 40% goes towards male suicide prevention and men's health projects. So there's a full list on our website of where all the funds go and a full breakdown. And I think the great thing about us is is obviously transparency is key. And, and the goal is as, as much as the fundraising is an important aspect to it, the actual awareness is equally important. Getting these guys to go and get checked is more important. Um, in my opinion, I probably shouldn't say that, but the funny thing is we can have an outcome now. If we get a thousand men going and getting checked right now, tomorrow, uh, we know that a few of them are going to be able to find out that they actually do have prostate cancer and they got to it early enough because we motivated them to go and get checked. And, you know, we've got the ability to save lives right now by purely focusing our energy on just saying, guys, you know, cough it up, stop being too macho, go to the doctors and let's get tested. Hi, this is Jamshed Martin and you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast. So Shandi, what do you think about the DGR? I, you know, after listening to Mark, the one thing I realized that, you know, we do, we have so many problems in our country and this, the system is really not equipped to tackle all the problems and it's not possible for anyone to do it. But I really like this, you know, this new breed of people coming up thinking about how we can solve problems. It's almost like a, a guerrilla social activism, you know, where you bring in people capital, you bring in, bring in commercial capital, and you try and tackle some of the real problems. For example, look at this, you know, we don't have a solution for prostate cancer as yet. And what happens is that no one's really interested in putting money into it. Like like a podcast, no one's really oh, interested yeah. in yeah, putting yeah. money into yeah, it. You can compare the two, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then and then the minute somebody figures out, hey, there's money to be made, then they come and say, ye le, paise, mm. Mm. But the minute you come up with a solution, you'll sign it off to us, right. and we'll make a buck on it. And what we make, you don't ask us, right? Right? Then they go to market, right? And when they find the solution, then they, you know, the prices go ballistic, right? 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 And there is no way to control this because this is called capitalism. Right. And this is right. Right. So whoever invests in actually or comes up with the idea will actually patent it and make tons of money later. Right. right? And also release the thing as they require it. Yeah. And the Movember Foundation has said, hang on. We can do this. Mm. So this is another form of crowdfunding. Right. Everybody puts a little buck on a friend or family or a rider they know in the neighborhood and says, go ride, man. Yeah, go have fun. Yeah, yeah. go have fun. Let's yeah. solve this problem yeah. and we'll take on the next problem after this. Right, that's right. This is this is perfect. Man. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what I like yeah. was uh, what Mark comes up with initially, which is like, you know, trying to take the image out of oh, yeah. being a rogue, yeah. you know, kind of badmash who's yeah. uh, on two wheels, yeah. uh, creating nuisance. So, you know, as uh, men should be, right. uh, should be gentlemen, right? And um, of course... And Mark's can, coming up. 
and Mark coming up. Yeah. And I and the other thing I was impressed with that for somebody whose name is Mark Hawa, he's <laughs> not doing so anything like a Hawa at all. No, no, for, absolutely. You know, so this is great. I mean, very, very uh, distinguished uh, initiative. Aren't I, you dying uh, to meet this guy? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people coming up. They're going up to Leh. They're riding up from Delhi. And that that should be fun meeting up with these guys. Actually, uh, so the Royal Mavericks, who happen to be uh, one of the leading Royal Enfield riders, you right. know, groups yeah. in our yeah. communities yeah. in 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 Delhi, yeah. uh, they are putting together this entire ride, and we we shall talk about a little later with Vidushi. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm sorry, I, one more thing I liked about Mark, yeah. his Aussie accent. Have a nice die, Mike. You too. Hi, this is Mark Hower, the founder of the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride, and you are listening to the Biker Radio Rodcast. Hi, this is Jamshed Madden, and you're on the long way home. But what was your first uh, ride? I mean, after the Lambretta, you you, you know, took up bike and let's let's get out. So was it the RX100 or the KB100? I never owned those bikes. Right. <clears throat> And uh, I had to earn my money to buy that bike. Uh-huh. That's what my dad wanted me to do. Right. And I, my RD, the 350, so I went straight from the Lam- Lambretta for RD350. Of course, I was riding the other 100ccs earlier. Yeah. And I just did the jump. And it was a whole different animal. I just remember, I still remember the first time I rode that bike. So I just have to have it. I mean, just incredible. Uh-huh. That bike has nearly killed me a few times, but... Would you try to do some wheelie? Nothing. Never. Okay. No, I don't believe in that. Uh-huh. Just damage your own motorcycle on yourself. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, that bike is very fast. Yeah. And uh, you have to learn to ride it. Very unre- unreliable. Uh-huh. Very unreliable. Very unreliable. So you have to be a mechanic. Yes. If you want to ride it long distance. Yeah. And so did you do any long distance ride from that? In those years, it was Lonavla and okay. just around Bombay, a couple of hundred kilometers around Bombay. So, not never really very long on the Yamaha. Uh-huh. I st- actually started riding in fields much, much later. Okay. Um, possibly 10 years after that. So, okay. it was 28, uh-huh. 30, around then. But then it was a real passion. And for the last almost 20 years, yeah. 20 so, years, so, what years. happened? I mean, between that time or... From the RX, from the RX 350 to the Enfield, what, what, what about the Enfield that, you know, kind of... I never really want, never really thought about the Enfield as a serious touring motorcycle. Right. Until I decided to do the first tour. Okay. Yeah. Which was to lay. Which was to lay. Okay. And then you take a stock bike up. And, uh, you say, wow, the bike did it all. Then you learn about... Air fuel mixtures. Right. Is a bike running too rich, too lean? So slowly, it comes to you slowly, mm-hmm. and then you start with just that, and then it moves on. So it's it's really like I said, work in progress. Okay. And then you want to do something else with the bike. Then you find out what other people are doing and say, oh, is this really for me? What do I really want to do? Start with small fixes. Mm-hmm. Take it up from there. And you were in Goa all this time. Oh yeah. I've been in Goa since 94. 94. So you moved to Goa and... Uh, I was in Goa, yeah. Life was already happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, 
Connect right on. So when were you born? 28th of Jan, 71. Okay. Mm-hmm. True to an equivalent style, no? I don't know. Tell me. Do okay. Everything that looks out of place and out of place and everything with the alternative. I think I've lived that. Are you also a contrarian? Do you kind of every time you come up with an idea, do you also think about why it won't work? All the time. Uh-huh. The idea is always there. So there's some logic that holds me back, which actually slows my pace down personally as well. Right. Because mm-hmm. I have no knee-jerk reactions. When I do things, I like to do them solid. Yeah. They have to be there. They yeah. have to be in place. It has to work. So somewhere, I mean, there's a niggle of a doubt. How much of that went into customization? Oh, a lot. Yeah. Because when you customize your own motorcycle, mm. you already know what you want, right? Do you? You know what you want. You knew you were going to make a cafe racer out of that so iron horse. No, but it's something Can that comes to you. This bike is going to be a cafe racer. Achha. That bike is going to be a Himalayan. Okay. So that's 10 years ago already, like I told you. <laughs> so you built it. Now here it is, the most beautiful motorcycle that Pranati is building. Yeah. But in those days, you wanted something to go up. Like I said, so did it have ago, a name? Nothing. Oh yeah, Buttercup. Oh, that was Buttercup. That was uh, the well, the off-road bike, Buttercup. Cafe racer. She's olive. Oh. The color says it all. Really. <laughs> wow. You like spinach? Yes, actually. Okay. Are you Popeye? <laughs> no, not quite. I'm <laughs> not quite. I'm not a hero. I'm not macho. I'm nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, I just love to ride. Says who? I think that's who I am. Understated. I don't really like to blow my trumpet. No, that's you're not a hero. Who says who? Well, I've never thought about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you have any tattoos? Mm, no. Why? Uh-huh. Always thought about it. I think the tattoo guy needs to be a big guy. Okay. Kind of a wimpy tattoo. I mean, right. at least that's, see, that's my perception. Right? Yeah, sure. So you have to have a really nice bicep to show off a small tattoo. I'm not one for the whole, the all body tattoos, no, definitely not. Mm. Okay. But a small one somewhere, if it's too small, there's no point. Mm. If you've got to show it off, you have, have to have somewhere on a nice part of the body, right? Yeah. Mm. So, so if you don't have it, leave it. Mm. I'm not going to put one on my shoulder just so that I know I have a tattoo. So mm. okay. it's fine. But I'm a tattoo guy, really? Mm. Possibly not, because I've always thought about it, never got it. Mm. If I really wanted one, I think I would have whatever the body, so. Because probably you didn't know what to get tattooed, is it? Yeah, I don't like the thought, I can't take it off if I want to. Yeah. And that's me, if I can't change my motorcycle to what I want it to be, or what I want her to be in the future, her, sorry. Motorcycles are hers. They're all hers? Not all. The Yamaha, the RD, Maverick. That's a him for some reason. I don't know why. Mm. Maverick. The old number plate that says MAV, and I've always called him a Maverick uh-huh. because he is such. Mm. You horsey. Never know how the RT is going to go. Horsey. Yeah. It's horsey. Yeah, yeah. Prancing horse. Okay. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. So we we have found the recordings we thought we we lost. Oh yeah, you were struggling. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Anita had sent us these recordings. Anita Krishnan. Anita Krishnan had sent us these recordings all through her journey. Uh, so Anita is the Thunderbird. Yeah. Mandy is the Himalayan. Yeah. Swati is the classic 350. Mm. Taruna was an Avenger. Mm. So was Manjula. Mm. So was Nandita. Mm. And then there was this ghost. Sorry, there was this gypsy which had Uttara, Sanya, Shreya, 
स्वाति शिप्रा एंड सुजाता एंड बबीता सो दिस वॉज एक्चुअली अर पंचो गर्ल्स ओके आई हैवन टेकन इतनी सारी लड़कियों के नाम इन मैनी मैनी ईयर्स वो भी एक ही लाइन में so this is one thing that we tried with uh, we've been talking about and we actually tried this yeah. and uh, thank you anita for doing it and taking out the time even though you sound really really sleepy in some of them <laughs> but uh, you thank you got 16 minutes of it yeah, we can't play all of it today amazing effort to do that and getting all the other girls involved also yeah and uh, so we have a kind of a little audio story of their uh, journey yeah. uh, all the way from delhi to lay and back safely yeah. and what we are playing today though is the water crossing at bharatpur this is hilarious stuff yeah good fun they had a lot of fun my way this this water crossing has not been there the last two times that we came this water crossing has not been there but chakya has been talking about this water crossing from day one you know that's because he has been coming here right so Yeah, but I. This is gonna be my first time in this water crossing, and I've never seen a water crossing this big. He so said, he said it's about half a kilometer of a water crossing, and then he said also most of uh, us will not be able to do it. We'll have to take it in time. Look at the flow there, yeah. This is bizarre. Bizarre, yeah. <laughs> We are stuck at Bharatpur. and uh, the water crossing has become really really bad and i don't think we can cross it for the next few hours uh, i'm going to speak to my friend swati it's it's just one of a lifetime experience uh, it's just crazy 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 you know when you think you cannot do it and then you finally do it it's that feeling <laughs> you know you cannot do it but then you do it and then it's done and swati has not been feeling too well because she's been down uh, ams yeah still trying to cope up with uh, you know a lot of riding here so yeah we are having a lot of fun and also trupti it's been crazy so far <laughs> i've been traveling on the traveler and the gypsy that has been going off roading as and when the driver wants it <laughs> and i've been sitting on the bike on and off so yeah and this driver like, is a crazy driver okay yes. he's a party and he just goes so he's been swerving swir- around like there's no tomorrow and i've been bumping my head on the gypsy <laughs> rooftop like crazy so yeah it's been a crazy ride and there we see some bikers trying to cross this uh, water crossing but it just seems impossible and uh, they're stuck so i'm glad i think we just going to take a lunch break here and uh, yeah and then maybe cross it after this whole thing settles down We just crossed the Bharatpur uh, crossing, and my God, it was crazy. We are such brave girls. Yes. And we are feeling good and exhausted. I wanted to show you, but the next one came with the water. Minor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine also white, man. I don't know how am I going to clean my shoes, yeah? मक्की में हुआ ना मेरे पाँव ऊपर कर दिए। Mandy, you're missing your dog, huh? Manjula, कैसे नहीं गया? बोलो। So here we are, finally at Leh. And finally the... at Leh, man. <laughs> Manjula has had like a few falls. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, few falls. falls, and her bike is literally rattling now. Bike is okay. Yeah, you are rattling. मैन बस गाइस ओनली थिंग इज ऑफ रोडिंग में बैड बज गई अच्छी तरह That's it from me. This is Anita Krishnan, and this is my way. And uh, what is this thing? Yeah, ये क्या है? क्या? शाशा बैरन ये वो है या इमरान खान के क्या चक्कर क्या है बस? भैया, the neighbourhood has a good-looking prime minister now. Yeah, so we kind of don't know where it is coming from, but I think it's definitely coming from Anita Krishnan, who's probably in a state of delirium. AMS. AMS. I just so what 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 is this yeah I have no idea they don't take names and right. the name they take is kind of incompetent Tajikistan or Kazakhstan or Kazakhstan or it could be Pakistan too yeah but but this is really strange i mean just just listen to this Anita Krishnan take it away Kazakhstan is the best country in the world <laughs> all other countries are run by little girls <laughs> my way the biker radio broadcast listen connect right on hi this is jamshed madan and you're on the long way home when you got in here in kandolim you already started with a little <coughs> place started little italy you started in kandolim with little italy yeah okay and so little italy talent restaurant a little italy Huh. Stick the name on. There's nobody doing any specialty cuisine. There are all of five or ten restaurants on the whole belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, two or three years later, the little Italy brand guys opened up. Wow. And as a generic term, anyone huh. can use it. Huh. So why not differentiate it? So my partner at the time huh. was also an A. Mm. And so J and A is little Italy. The name stuck to Jane's Ristorante Italiano, or whatever it was, okay. mm. which over the years became very popular. Became really a destination for everybody. Mm. There was really was something for everybody here, mm. which is still the ethos of the cafe today. Uh-huh. That so was by, right here, and in this very same location where we sit right now is the plinth of the original house where it actually stood. Wow! So I insisted on a little piece of that history heritage right. to remain. Right. we could not royal enfield of course has its own uh intent now the right. store the colors and everything That's right. so in keeping with the royal enfield style to retain the some colonial style as well because mm. that is what goa is all about and today all right. the new places have everything new to offer and nothing about the destination 
just wear the best clothes be a dapper yeah. gentleman get out with your bike early in the morning and find out where everybody is riding to and just be there just support the cause listen connect ride on so like everybody kind of hopefully knows by now that we went to england and uh, we ghanti bajane phir ding 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 ha acha by the way the big ben uh, is shrouded in yeah. scaffolding you didn't have to tell them that ghanti baj gayi तुमने एक बताया क्यों लोगों को जाने देते ना वहां पे देख के आते ढूंढते हम जैसे ढूंढ रहे थे इधर उधर बैन कहा गई सो देर वॉज इज श्राउडेड ह्यूज स्ट्रक्चर वी डोट नो वॉट इट वॉज एंड लेटर रियलाइज इट नो नो वी वर स्टैंडिंग ऑन द ब्रिज स्टैंडिंग ऑन द ब्रिज ये वेस्टमिंस्टर तो दिख रहा है ये बिग बैन कहा गया आगे पीछे लंडन आए पीछे समथिंग रॉन्ग एंड देन यू रियलाइज दैट डेर इट इज बट इट्स नॉट देर Yeah, the big bend and kind of disappeared, and then okay, so so then what we did was we did a little bit of sightseeing in London, mm. and our most important agenda was to visit the Ace Cafe, the right. legendary Ace Cafe, yeah, and uh, Tirth Sthan. Uh, so we were on, on a kind of a pilgrimage actually. I mean, we were on a pilgrimage absolutely. So we take this train uh, up to the station called uh, Stonebridge. Yeah, Stonebridge, and uh, we walked. Yeah, yeah, through a tunnel. Through a tunnel, and uh, as we were approaching the Ace Cafe, on the corner of the parking lot, voila! What do you see? A Himalayan, a Royal Enfield Himalayan. Yeah, imagine two guys from India, first time going to the Ace Cafe, or we just froze in our tracks. So we went into the cafe and met up with Ken. Ken, Ken is from Newcastle, and uh, so we asked him uh, all about his bike, obviously. But the first thing we asked him, how long does it take to get from Newcastle to London? And he said, five to six hours from Newcastle. We we'll have a couple of stops on the way down. This time we stop once in Yorkshire. Once it's Watford Gap, and then we're here. You know, last weekend we camped on there for the uh, for the Rockers reunion. Uh, What's the ride like from there? Boring. From Newcastle? It's boring because don't it's, tell me. It's it's all on it's all on motorways. You've got to use motorways to get here. The best roads for motorcycles yeah. are the back roads. Yes. You know, but don't you have them? Yeah, we've got loads where I come from in uh, Northumberland. Okay. The roads are great for motorcycling, okay. you know, not much traffic on them. Oh. And um nice twisty and beautiful countryside and not too many tourists. What's amazing is, you know, we we walked into this place some time back and the first thing we saw is this this is Himalayan sitting here. Yes. <laughs> you know this well, is an Indian motorcycle. Yeah. How long have you had this? I've had it since about April. Okay. Yeah. So it's April and we are here now in September end. Yeah. 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 I've done about one and a half thousand miles on it. Okay. Uh, I've just been to France on it. Okay. It's fine. It's a small engine, four hundred and eleven cc, and but it can sit comfortably at motorway speeds. Uh, great economy. Um, yes, of course. You know, and it's well made. Yeah. It's well made, built like a gun. Yeah, that's right. You <laughs> Royal Enfield, yeah. Yeah. old gun manufacturers. I've got one of the older models as yeah. well, and uh, it's great fun. This is you know? amazing. Yeah, it's 
it's a good bike, you know. It'll, it'll do the higher speeds on the motorway. It's yes. not a horse, it's yeah, a Yeah, that's mule. right, that's it's right. Yeah. meant to kick dust and yeah. blow up. Yeah. yeah, well, you can see the weight I've got on it now. Well, it's all my camping gear I've been away and... Um, what made I you, like what 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 click? I like Royal Enfield. Okay. My older one, it's never let me down. Yeah. It's got character, and you think I saw this and I thought I quite like that. Yeah. I quite like it. You know, <laughs> let's have a go at it. Yeah. And it, really, it's not my style of bike. I like the old calf racer style, okay. but it's just it's a good bike. And okay. I'll, you know, I'll, I'm thinking about touring on it next year. How old are you? I'm 64. And it feels good on your back? No it's all problem. right. It's fine on the right, back. It's fine? Fine. Okay. Um, it's more comfortable than most motorbikes. Okay. Um, yeah, I've done about 250 miles today. Okay. <laughs> um, up very early this morning, came back from France and came up here and wow. sort of... Uh, did, but I haven't got much more miles to do today <laughs> now, so I'm pleased about that. Okay. Yeah. So that was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, enjoy and yourself and well done for your Alan Wick. Thank you. Trophy. I hope to see you in India someday. Well, you never know, do you? Because that's a place to ride them, isn't it? Yes. They built them for the Himalayas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll see you someday in the Himalayas. Yeah. <laughs> see you. See Take you. care. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. Hi, this is Jamshed Madden, and you're on the long way home. There's a little signage on the gate that says Garage Cafe at JNA's. Yes. Hmm. And that's very touching for me because it's kind of a bit of a tribute to a restaurant that ran for 20 years, right. which is really popular. Goa is this melting pot of cultures yeah. and people yeah. that coming from all over the world, it always has been. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the menu, of course, has to reflect some JNA signature dishes, right? Right. And it's to a little bit of Italian European food from mm-hmm. the JNA's, the signatures I was speaking of, yet has to reflect some of the food from the road, Absolutely. some food from the location, Goa. Yeah. A great prawn curry rice. It's coming on the menu this month. Awesome. Okay. If you're going to miss it, come back in two weeks. You'll have it. We'll be back. Wow. <clears throat> of course, chorizo. So chorizo. Yeah, we already have a chorizo pizza, okay. which was a bestseller at, at one certain point. Okay. Chorizo is as going as anything else, right? Yeah. So. Any any British fish and chips? Fish and chips. Are also fish and chips. Yeah. Absolutely. British brand. So fish yeah. and chips on the menu right now is, really? if you want it. Yep. Okay. What's we have fantastic fish here. We have which kingfish. Okay. We have perch. Okay. Lovely white meat fish that you can actually, yeah. it makes lovely fish and chips. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. English batter fried fish and chips, my friends. You got to try it here. And uh, the fish just comes probably under a kilometer away. Half a kilometer down Half that way. Kilometer. Now that's not the left, that's the right. Yeah. <laughs> you take it to the sea. Yeah. <laughs> so we still, luckily, still have fishermen who do the local uh-huh. fishing circuit. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. And we get uh, local produce which is fresh, yeah. sustainable, yes. including our veggies and our greens. Organic, sustainable, and fresh. Uh-huh. Where do you get the greens from? The greens come from farms. Okay. We source these ingredients only. Right. Uh, something I've always done. Robust, mm. no frills mm. cuisine, mm. Mm-hmm. which is served with some style and integrity, which takes me back to what I was saying about our ingredients are sustainably grown, sourced, season-wise, 
Right. We do not source things that are out of season. Right. So our menus change according to season. Right. So the ethos behind the food runs as deep as the ethos behind our motorcycles, which is why the coming together for me, mm-hmm. Royal Enfield, and the food that I've always done means so much to me personally, yeah. because it's real. Yeah. It's really real. Yeah. The food that you eat is real. Yeah. The motorcycles that you ride are real. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. So the Royal Enfield Garage Cafe. We met up with other guys also at the cafe. Oh yes, we met with uh, AP10. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Akshay Prabhu Tendulkar. Yes, and uh, you know, <laughs> since you're on a Tendulkar, how can Kamli be behind? Right. So we met with Tushar Kamli yeah. and uh, his friend uh, Samir Vernakar. Yeah. And we sat down and had a long chat with both of them. Yeah. Uh, very enlightening uh, conversation. Conversation. Yeah. Yes. So we even asked uh, Jamshed that, yeah. and uh, there is so much to do in Goa besides, you know, just laying on a beach. The usual thing, you know. Everybody like people, you know, get to Goa either by train, by bus, by bike, by air, whatever they do. But the f- most of janta kind of things that Goa jayenge na masti karenge. So daru piyenge. And just lay out on the beach, just do hurdang baji, whatever, you know, shake a leg and that's it, right? Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. You, you kind of grow out of that. Right. You know, once you've done that, okay, yeah. yeah. do something else. And what does Goa have to offer? A lot. A lot. Goa has got so much of, of course, it's along the, uh, the, uh, the Konkan coast. Right. So you've got the Western Ghats. Right. Imagine the greenery. Yeah, and there are places, hidden gems, yeah. uh, which are actually very, very good motorcycle destinations. Absolutely. You know, the guy you want to talk to are these guys. Go to the cafe, meet up Jamshed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or call up Akshay Prabhu. Yeah. AP10. Or Tushar. Or Tushar. Just, just talk to these guys. They'll tell you what you can do. Yeah. And even for the women, we met Sampada and we spoke Anuradha. Oh, yes. And Anuradha is raring to go herself. She's so excited. So, she's willing to lead teams yes. and ride along. Yes. And the Royal Enfield Garage Cafe offers everything that you need. So, we asked Jamshed, what does Goa have to offer? And here's what he said. Firstly, you need to have that slight sense of adventure. Right. Rather than just have a motorcycle yeah. and go up and down the beaches, which is great. It's yeah. nice. Do that for a day. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> Get over it. Then take a left. Anywhere off the road. Take a left. Go into the hinterland. And the most beautiful back roads await you along the Goa backwaters, mm-hmm. which are unhurried. They're still slow. Absolutely stunning villages. And enjoy pure Goan nature. Mm-hmm. I just curated a ride for Garage Cafe on Independence Day. Okay. All the back roads to Amboli. Huh. Okay. Amboli Ghat, but you can go along the highway. It's just about 60 kilometers. Uh-huh. But we did a hundred doing the back roads. Okay. So along some backwaters. People don't even know there are People don't even know. Sometimes I wonder, is that a good thing? It just might be. Yeah. Yeah. Along the hills and the hinterlands. So we did a huge loop around and came out on Amboli Ghat, halfway up the Ghat. Bypass Savantwadi. Okay. People loved it. Yeah. We had about 35 or 40 motorcycles. Oh. Almost 50 people. Yeah. 
It was the first ride for Garage Cafe, uh-huh. and I was really happy that it went off really, really well. So this is local people. Or so local this is a lot of local, yeah, local riders. Wow, that's 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 a, a lot. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to curating a lot more rides from the cafe. Any recommendations? Discover. Everybody has a GPS. Discover. But do so responsibly. Oh yeah. So do it quietly. Do it subtly. Take that motorcycle. Take your partner. Put on your helmets. Twist that throttle. Take that left somewhere down the highway. The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. Hi, this is Jamshed Madan, and you're on the long way home. And you, you've been riding all over the country. How long has it been riding? So you, you started on that story about Leh, right? Yeah. When was that? About 15 years ago. 2003-ish, something like that. Yeah. First time I went up. Was the year two thousand? Friend of mine in the then newly launched Bolero. Okay. Okay. There were no roads. Right. Just really make your own road. Uh-huh. Just a dugout all the way. <coughs> Three or four meter roads going up all the passes and everywhere else. Nobody had even heard about Dymox. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't even know about EMS. Yeah. Shit, a headache. Oh uh-huh. my God! What is this? Uh-huh. But uh, over the years, I mean, if you like doing that kind of stuff, fantastic. The next one is on a bicycle at some point. So we have to attempt the mountains on a bicycle. Everyone's doing it. Uh-huh. You want to do that? Love to do it. My lungs can hold out. Mm. But give me a motorcycle. Give me a roller field between my legs any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Possibly wouldn't attempt it on many other motorcycles. So when you did the lay ride, or was that with somebody, or how did, that, or did you just decide to go on your own? No, never on my own. It's always two or three of us. Okay. Equally passionate about riding and motorcycles. Uh huh. Into customizing their own bikes to fit. Okay. Your own riding style and what you want your motorcycle to be. Right. That's what it's all about. You know, the motorcycle is actually an extension of your own body. Yes. So if it's just a random motorcycle, it doesn't really work. I guess the first couple of times it could. But uh, eventually you want to get into, oh, there's something lacking here. And then you tweak that and tweak that and tweak that. And finally you have a motorcycle that is really customized to you. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't come around custom shop. Like pick your design. Mm-hmm. Like down to the seat. Like, oh gosh, is the seat going to be comfortable? Uh-huh. Can it carry my tail pack? Can it do this? Can it do that? Do I need a carrier? What do I need to offload from this bike? How do I lighten the weight on this bike? Strip it down first. Build it up, strip it down all over again. Yeah. Start from scratch again because yeah. now it's not still not working. Mm-hmm. So on and on it goes. I don't think it's. it's I think it's a never-ending job. Yeah. I think it's work in progress every time. So every ride, you want something different. Yeah. And painfully many restart moments. I, such a passion, really. It's never painful, is it? It's always fun to get to the next tweak. When you get that next week, then that satisfaction, that level of satisfaction that you achieve. You don't mind discarding whatever. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> the Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. What should we do? I'll tell you. Oh. So, Sega, mm. go have to grab that beer now, oh. grab some lunch, oh. get your siesta for an hour and a half. Okay. Now, that might be a bit hard to swallow, but that's really good. Oh. Then wake up at 4 o'clock, 4 30, and say, okay, now. Okay. <laughs> You're really asking me? That's what to do. Or if you're just here for another day, hit the beach. 
I was just gonna say Sussegar. <laughs> Jamshed Maran, thank you so much for being on the Biker Radio broadcast. Thank you for spending time on the long way home. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's been fantastic talking to you guys. We hope to come back and get Thanks. to know more people. Thank you so much. So that's it. Show some up, right? Let's go. So there are many reasons one should not go to Goa. Are these are some of them? Over and out. Over and out. Don't you go to Goa. I believe I'm gonna shut down the chakra, shift Shiva off of my shell. I take down my tie-dyes, my 